This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Tuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. We are back for part two of our chat with Karim Albash, founder and director of Discovery Group, a health, wellness and fitness brand. In the last episode, we covered nutrition, sleep and recovery and supplementation. Today, we are going to discuss all things exercise, mindset and mindfulness, meditation and stress management. So let's jump straight in and get talking about how improving these areas can boost the performance of your business. Let's jump in. Welcome back to part two of our deep dive on how we can get the best of ourselves. Thank you, Karim, for joining me again. We touched on, obviously, nutrition, sleep, supplements, and we didn't touch on the big thing, which is physical exercise and training. And seeing your cover shot of the photos in front of the magazines, you obviously didn't get that body from just eating well. What sort of importance does physical exercise and training play in terms of getting the best out of ourselves, showing up the best version of ourselves, having more energy? all that stuff. How really key is it? It's massive. It's huge. Particularly as a business owner, you just have so much to deal with. And what happens is we all have stress built up in our system. And if you don't have an outlet to get that stress out of your body, then you're going to end up turning to something like food or alcohol or something like that. Because this is the power of exercise is getting that stress out of your system. And exercise, I mean, I'm just such a big fan of it. Whatever the exercise is, do it if it makes you feel good. Yeah, actually, I want to tell a little story. I I was on social media way before 9 p.m. I saw on one of the platforms where a practitioner that practices around anxiety, he was saying that no one talks about the cure for anxiety is exercise. And he was saying it's just something that's not talked about. And it has such a benefit around shutting out your life, focusing on something that's productive and all that kind of stuff. And so, geez, that makes sense because if I'm having a really bad day and I'm at the gym or I've gone for a walk, I immediately feel better. And it was the first time I heard that in terms of anxiety and exercise solving that problem. So it is something that I've heard and I thought it was, wow, that's amazing and so true. Mm, Definitely. I think that Every single person, just being a human being, experiences those feelings. And being a business owner, you do feel those a lot at times. So that's exactly why we need to train, just to keep that managed and just to stay on top of it, to feel good, to have something where we're moving that energy, right? Especially if you're sitting in the office or you know, a lot of people working from home, you're in the home all day or you're in the office all day. That's a lot of stagnant energy. Get the body going, get the brain moving, get the blood flowing, It's very powerful. And in terms of exercise, I mean, is one better than the other? Like I go for walks in the morning. I'm, you know, I don't do much more than that these days, but is weights better than walking, running? So for someone starting out in this journey, how do you recommend that they sort of get their body moving? 
Great question. Walking is fantastic. A great part of a lifestyle and it's a great foundation. We want to go beyond that though. One of the key things that exercise does is it stimulates endorphins and endorphins are the energy of life. I was once sitting down with my grandfather in his backyard not that long ago and he's just an example of someone who has trained his whole life and sees the benefits of that both energetically. He's very sharp in the mind. He's 81 now and he's very sharp in the mind, very strong physically. He rides multiple hundreds of kilometers a week on his bike. What I'd like you to take from this is that just the power of exercise and the, he said to me when we're seeing, he goes, Karim, they miss out on that. The endorphins, he goes, endorphins are the energy of life. And I just think this guy is just, I'd love to be 81 and have that much energy and have that ability to train. That's why it's critical. Yeah. And I love it that it's free. All you got to do is some star jumps some push ups, and you get this endorphin. It's like a free supplement. It is. It's, it's, a, it's like a, yeah, a free, you just get a buzz. It's yeah. a free buzz that you can get every day. But to build on your point around what exercise, well, walking, sure. I think that's it needs to be part of everyone's lifestyle, but you need to have some sort of exercise that challenges the body, that actually pushes the body because that's where you almost get this mindfulness effect as well. Because if you do half an hour of training or 40 minutes of training and you're being pushed, you're focusing on the training. And that is when the mind has a time to just relax and let go and you can process anything that you're thinking about. And you come out of that session feeling great. And the way that endorphins work is that it's the natural pain relief of the body. So that means we have to sort of earn it, right? <laughs> so we've got to push hard in the session, work the body hard, go through a bit of pain, and then on the back end of it, you get the endorphin rush. That is awesome advice. I'm thinking back to me trying to push some bench presses. and But then I do remember you do get that endorphin, especially walking out of the gym, that sore feeling is a nice feeling. But I find that exercise is the area that most people fail. They they start, they stop, they start, they stop. And you've coached and trained many individuals. What is your advice in ensuring people don't give up and they actually succeed? You need to get clear on why you're doing it, right? And that's why I brought up my grandfather, because if you've got a family, you've got to think about longevity. Because whereas human beings, we have this tendency to think we're invincible, right? But we're not. The more effort and energy that we put into this, the more that you're going to have that longevity and you're going to feel great and you're going to have the energy to do the things and the freedom in your body to do the things that you want to do for the rest of your life. So I think you've got to think long game. And particularly for business owners, we work so hard to create this life of freedom for our families and to build this life. And I think we need to redefine success. And what I mean by that is that it's not just about success in business and financial and the profit and all that sort of stuff and building longevity in your business. It's about a successful life in that you've got to have the energy and the ability in your body to do the things that you love long-term. And that's where the fitness and the training comes into it so that you can do those things and you can continue to play with your kids or your grandkids or whatever that is for you. So that's where it plays in. First thing is you've got to get clear on your why. And when you get clear on that, I think that's a good place to start. Secondly, what you can do is reach out to a coach and a professional. I mean, I'm a huge advocate, a huge advocate of that. I'm obviously, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a coach myself, but time is of the essence. And if your time is valuable, just get someone to teach you how to do it. You can spend the next 10 years trying to figure it out yourself. We'll just go and hire a coach and they'll teach you in 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 
but don't just do the 12 weeks. Stick with them long term. Go see them once a week for years. Yeah. Right. Just have that point, that coach, that someone you can touch base with, that accountability, that coaching, the strategy, and just someone who you can check in with. It's worth every single cent because the alternative is you trying to work it out yourself and you don't really know what you're doing. And the thing is, is if you get the best out of yourself from that perspective, there'd be a lot of impact in your business. If you can work better, faster, be present and all of those things, there'd be a financial gain on the back end. So I've never thought of getting a coach or, or going hard on the exercise as doing it for the results of your day-to-day business life and impacting even post-business life. I just thought it'd be, oh, you know, be healthy and have the beach bod. But you talking to you today is just made my mindset change in the fact that health and well-being is going to have a serious impact on your success, whether it's success in business or success in your relationships because you're present and hanging out with your grandchildren because you can chase them around the park rather than not be able to do that. So it's just amazing how just listening and talking to you about the passion of health and training, how much of an impact it has in our day-to-day lives. Mm. Of the ones that are most successful in the training and exercise, is it really getting the why or what are the common things that stand out? And you go, geez, I didn't think that person would come through, but they have. What are some of the little tips or tricks that you can sort of give our listeners to either create a habit or start with a why or just setting goals? What's the first thing our listeners should be doing to set a exercise regime other than obviously hiring the coach you've already given that you've got to think long term most people start a journey they start to join a gym they'll do something and they're thinking like i want to see a result in two weeks if they jump on the scales in two weeks and the scales hasn't moved they just go they're like no i'm done i'm done (laughs) right well what if we did that in business we would get far no so we've got to take that same mindset that we understand with business, which is it's going to take a long time. It's going to take time. It's going to take investment. And we apply that to our body and into our health and fitness. And we understand that we just got to wake up and we just got to chip away at it. And the days that you don't feel good are the days that you got to show up. Anyone can train when they're feeling good. But the test is when you're not feeling like it. Tiger Wood says everyone's good is good. Everyone's great is great. But how bad is your bad? Right. And where I think a lot of people fall off is that their bad is like a zero out of 10. Whereas their good might be a five or a six or a seven or an eight. They're fantastic, but their bad is a zero. So, how can you raise that baseline so that the worst case scenario is still, I still show up and I do 20 minutes? So, if you say to yourself, okay, I don't feel like it today, but I'm still going to go to the gym and I'm going to do my 20 minutes. And if I've done my 20 minutes and I don't feel like doing any more, I'm going to go home. That's okay. But nine out of 10 times, you're going to do your 20 minutes and you're going to feel good and you're going to keep going. So it's just about making that discipline of going each day and just getting it done, whatever that exercise looks like for you. And that commitment, the mindset is sort of the challenge that we have as humans day to day. And I'm sure in your coaching, it's an area that you focus on with your clients. And I really believe the success is in executing and actioning the things that we know that are important. We know we should eat well. We know we should sleep. But I feel like humans take the easy way out. And I think it's a mindset thing. So in your sort of coaching, can you share with us how you help clients in switching that mindset? What do you do for that? 
I just want to build on a point just before that, which is the discipline. We're all disciplined people in areas that we choose to be disciplined. So a lot of people think that, oh, I'm not motivated. I need motivation. Well, again, back to the work and the business example is that if you just don't feel motivated one day, you can't just not go to work. I mean, you still have to go to work. You still get it done because there's a deeper driver there. And the same thing applies to the health and fitness. And you've got to build that discipline. And we all have that ability to be disciplined. Just think about it. In your life, there's something that you are really good at, whether it's doing your work and you're disciplined with that or studying. Some people are really disciplined with study. Other people are really disciplined with other areas. So we have that ability in us. We just have to channel it to the training and the nutrition And that's where I think you can make progress. In terms of the coaching question, what we do, I think, is just to try and help people get some confidence, get an initial result, get a result, raise your baseline so that you've got some reference point. Where I think a lot of people go wrong is they sort of try and just hope for the best. They're like, wake up one day and go, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to change things. I'm going to do, and they might just sort of half go at something. They'll give it a half go. Or they'll do multiple different strategies. They'll do a bit of intermittent fasting with a bit of this and a bit of that. And they didn't get a result. And so what happens is at the end of that, they get disheartened. And they think, oh, well, nothing works. What's the point? Well, have you actually fully executed on the strategy? Well, number one, did you get the right strategy? And two, did you fully execute on it and really give it your everything? Because if you really give it your everything, you're going to get a result. Like, you know that too. Mm. That's the truth. So if you fully give it everything, you'll get there. If you see a result, you're going to be more motivated. And with that sort of creating that winning, that mindset of getting through those days where you just don't want to get up and go to the gym, what do you do? Surely there's a day you wake up and go, oh, I can't. Yesterday. 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 What did you do? How did you show up? Yesterday, I'm thinking, man, I've got to do legs today, right? I was tired. I'm thinking, man, I've got to get through this. And then I remembered the best sessions are the ones oftentimes that you are tired at the start and you just work through it. So I show up because I have to. That's a non-negotiable. Because if I skip that day, what am I saying to myself is that you could skip any day. It's a non-negotiable. I have to show up. And I know deep down that I have to do leg day because leg day is hard. And I'm like, you know what? You have to do that. So I just started. And I'm loading it up, loading up the bars. I'm thinking, this is heavy, man. This this is like really heavy and it hurts and I can't be bothered. But you just keep pushing through. By 15, 20 minutes in, you're feeling all right. By 25 minutes in, you're feeling decent. And then you start realizing, oh, I'm going to get through this. And you start feeling better. And then by the end of the session, you're like, wow, that was an awesome session. I feel great. And then tomorrow's a new day. So it's just about having that, again, just bring it back and going, you know what, just show up, get it done. Even if it's not the best session, you just got to get it done. I worked with a guy called Charles Poliquin. who was the number one strength coach in the world at the time. Had the most winning gold medal Olympic games as a coach, gold medals. And he says, Kareem, out of 10 sessions, you'll have a couple where you feel like a rock star. You'll have a couple that you'll feel absolutely terrible. And you'll have six where you'll just be Thomas the Tank Engine, just chugging away. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so- So if you show up, you're most likely going to get eight out of 10 is going to be all right. Yeah. And with the mindset thing, I talk to my staff around the inner voice and the first voice that everyone hears is the negative one. So I woke up today at 5.30 and it was damn cold. And the first thing my brain said was, it's too cold. Don't get out of bed. It's warm. You can go tomorrow. And 
it's always that voice. And I find that you got to acknowledge the voice because everyone has it. Regardless of what it is, the voice speaks and wants you to do the easy thing. And I say to my staff, you got to do the things that are tough and hard, make the hard choices today so that your life is easier later. So I've created a strategy where when I hear that voice, I kind of have a name for it. I know it's someone else that's not me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm getting up. We're going to go for a walk today. And I felt really great today. And I find that when I give in, I do sort of feel guilty in the sense that he beat me and he made me stay in bed till 7am and not go for the walk. And in terms of that mindset, what are your strategies that you have with your inner voice that you've sort of taught your clients to not give up and to push through? It's a daily battle every single day. If you wake up and think you're going to have control of that, yeah, it may show up every single day. You're going to have better days. You're going to have worse days. I think it's just being the person who tries to overcome that. It's about, am I the person who lets that control me? Because the voice is there. It's there for everyone. Acknowledge it, like you said, sure. But do you let that then define you? Or do you just go, that's fine. I can hear that voice, but I'm just going to keep going. It's really the ego. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you a great example. Swimming in really cold water, for example, great for recovery. But if you go out for a swim now in the cold water, your body will scream at you to get out. Scream. And that's that voice. Now, the best thing that you can do is just swim further out <laughs> and just keep going and just stick at it. Your voice is going to scream and it's going to scream and it's going to scream. And eventually, when you just let go, it disappears. And maybe you find after about two minutes, you quite enjoy the cold water and it feels amazing on your body. That's just an example of where that voice can come in. But it's every day, whether it's training or whether it's nutrition. One of the things I do first thing in the morning, actually, let's try and break this down. So I'll wake up. First thing I'll do is a hot shower, but then I finish my shower with about a minute of ice cold. And I just stand there with the cot, right even now in winter, just to shut that voice up. Because what I basically am saying, I'm going to take control here. Because otherwise the body is controlling the mind. So you're trying to command the body first thing in the morning. You do the minute of cold water and you come out of that and you're like, yeah, I'm all right, I'm good, right? You get dressed. I do about 45 minutes of meditation first thing in the morning. I find that the days I do, I feel really on point. So I do the meditation, have a good breakfast, have a coffee, do some work. And that's just a good way to set up the day in terms of overcoming that mindset piece that you discussed you should join the instagram group it's about guys and girls taking ice baths and it's specifically for that reason they've got this challenge and it's about the mind thing so i find out what it is and share that with you you might need to jump in a ice bath here and there and take it to the next level you just go down to that don't go down to the beach right now in melbourne it's eight degrees that's pretty damn cold (laughs) um but yeah the ice baths are another a really good one that you could do anything that is you're challenging you like that i think it's fantastic to build on that i will say there's a famous navy seal david goggins and maybe some of you are familiar with it and he talks about this principle of 40 percent. he goes When you are pushed physically to the point where you do not believe that you could go any further, you think, I'm done. This is as far as I can go. I'm absolutely tapping out here. I've got nothing more to give. He estimates that you've really only tapped into 40% of your physical capacity. 
And so then that looks at, well, where's that other 60%? So this is like this fun game that you can start playing with your mind, which is how far can I push myself? And it might start literally with the basics, like waking up each morning and on a cold morning, you still go for your walk. And then that walk becomes into a slight jog. And then that jog comes into a run. And then that then becomes a gym session or you book in with the trainer and you start going to the trainer once a week and you build it. You build the layers. You mentioned meditation before and you meditate for 45 minutes. Obviously, we live in a really stressful environment, very fast paced. What are your tips around stress management, mindfulness, meditation, and things around managing that day to day? We need it more than ever because we're hooked into tech more than ever. Emails, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, text messages, phone calls, the list is just endless and we are absolutely hooked in and addicted to these devices. So when do we take the time to stop and just do nothing? And that's what it's really about is taking the time to recalibrate, recharge, reset, clear the mind and allow for creativity, allow for just simple, just sitting still. And this is where meditation become really powerful. And with meditation, I mean, I've not done a lot of meditation myself. Can you sort of explain what that is? What's your ritual? Is it just breathing? Is it sitting in a dark room? Do you use an app? Is it self-taught? Can you give us some more info around meditation? I mean, there's a lot of different techniques out there. It doesn't really matter which one you pick. Ultimately, meditation is about the art of sitting there and doing nothing. It's just commanding again over the body because the body is like just wants to get up and move. It's just like, I've got too much to do, but you've got to actually sit there and just take some time for you, not doing your emails, not doing some shopping, not reading a book, even not even taking a shower or going for a walk, but just sitting and just taking time for you. And it's that recharging process. What does it actually look like? You can use any technique. You can use a breathing technique. You can use a mantra technique. You can use any of these techniques. What I found when I first started with meditation was just a simple mantra technique. And all that is, is you just simply repeat a mantra very gently in the mind and you just repeat it. You don't say it, you just repeat it in the mind very softly, very gently for 20 minutes. And what happens is that your awareness will be on the mantra, but then every couple of seconds or moment, you'll flick to like what you have to do later that day or all the things that you're thinking about and you just got to keep bringing it back. And that process of bringing it back, it's like strengthening a bicep rep. And that's that mindfulness. You're just bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing the attention back to the mantra. And what that is, is then developing that mindful awareness. Now, the best way people can get started with that, they can download an app called One Giant Mind. One Giant Mind. And that is a simple process, 20-minute mantra-based meditation. And I would literally just start there, wake up, do 20 minutes before you do anything and see how that works, see how that works for you. Again, it's going to take some discipline and some effort, but I think you'll find that the benefits are worth it. Does a meditation release any chemicals? You spoke about a lot of endorphins and chemical reactions of the body. What does it do when you meditate? What's Great it- question. Fantastic question. I mean, there's so much science around this. Just reduce cortisol. I mean, the science will show that it will reduce cortisol. If you sit there and do meditation, you'll slow your breathing, you'll feel more relaxed, you'll feel more energetic, you'll feel clearer. 
there's a famous, he's really the, one of the best in the world, Dr. Joe Dispenza at meditation. And what he does is he gets hundreds, even sometimes thousands of people in a room and puts brain scans on them while they meditate. And uh, he tracks the brain movement, the alpha and beta waves. And what he's found in his research is that people can actually command an ability in their body. They can actually switch genes on and off. So what they've found is that they can upregulate and downregulate genes for certain emotions. So they can upregulate their emotions, their genes for emotional, like for example, joy. The actual genes in your body, you can switch them on and off and you can downregulate genes for anxiety and depression. And he's found that you can do that very, very quickly and you can actually train yourself to do that. That's at a pretty deep level there, but on a really basic level, what I've found is that it's just more energy, it's more clarity, it's more focus, it's less stress, it's less anxiety, it's less worry. It's a lot of positive stuff. Kareem, obviously not everyone meditates. I've not dived deep into it myself. One Giant Mind you mentioned before, is that where people go to get the journey started? Yeah, that's where I started like four or five years ago. It's probably five, even more now. I actually did a live class with one of their instructors and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Look, I believe that you can just download that free, I'm pretty sure, and you can just do 20 minutes a day and that'd be a really easy place to start. And I think that would be enough to start to open the doors for you and then you can go down into the, the race at the rabbit hole and you can work out what works best for you. Doing live classes, I'd always recommend that if you can because you've got an experience with an individual. A lot of places do meditation now. Your local yoga studios might run meditation classes, your local gyms maybe. We ran this as a program with clients. It was called Body Mind Training and it was insanely powerful really game changing for clients. And all we did was 15 minutes. Mm. We did 30 minutes of training and then 15 minutes of meditation. And it was just amazing the power of that program. And people would walk in all sort of stressed and busy from their day and all that. And they'd walk out with a big smile on their face. And it was just that 45 minutes. So that's where I'd start. And then I'd recommend if you want to go deeper, you can look at some of the stuff that Dr. Joe Dispenza does. And that's if you're the type of analytical mind who needs to see the data and stuff behind it as well. And you need to understand the research. But what I would recommend is just try it for 30 days, do 20 minutes a day for 30 days. And the way I position this is, it's like, would you be willing to give up 1% of your day to have the other 99% consistently like better, like less stress, more energy, more focus. So everyone can find 20 minutes, get up 20 minutes earlier if you need to try it, but just stick at it each day so that you can create the habit because sometimes it's challenging in the meditation. So people think it's going to be easy. They think I'm going to sit down, I'm going to just get into bliss and I'm going to feel like some monk up on a mountaintop. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way it is. You have to work. That disciplining the mind and bringing it back, that mindfulness is work. And on day one, you might feel like it was an easy meditation. On day two, you might be sitting there fidgeting, like just thinking, oh, when's this going to be over? Why am I saying this mantra? What is meditation? It's not working. This is crazy. <laughs> and you might be going through that process, but it's not about the meditation. It's about how you feel after. So you got to stick at it. you got to stay disciplined and you've got to do the real work. My last question is about one that we've spoken a lot and you are a big advocate of celebrating, having fun, having the great whiskey or the glass of wine. Talk about stepping back and enjoying life and what that means to us in our performance. Huge. I mean, if you can't celebrate and take moments to enjoy, what's the point? I think the key thing is to earn it, do the work, 
day-to-day and earn your celebrations. And so have a balance there, but earn the balance. Honestly, where I find people go wrong, and this is a piece that I want to share just because I want people to genuinely do well. I think a lot of people want balance too early. They're like, oh, I want to change my life. I want to be healthier. I want to be fitter, but I want balance. You're not going to be able to change your life with balance. You mm. got to earn the balance first, right? Let's take it back to our businesses again. Like when we first started businesses, there's nothing balanced about it. Early no, days. Sacrifice. It's like sacrifice. It's hours. And maybe down the track, you start to earn that balance a little bit more. Now you can enjoy yourself and then you do the work and that's a better balance. The same thing applies with health and fitness. If you want to genuinely make a positive change, but just commit, give it a really, really good crack, be strategic about it, hire a coach or a trainer, educate yourself, do some sort of program where you're up-leveling your skills and get some really good strategy. Execute on that, get some great results for yourself so you build that confidence in yourself. And then at that point, you go, cool, I've created a new baseline. I've raised my bare minimum. I've raised my middle ground. And from that place, you can go, now I can have a bit more balance. I can continue to operate at that high level and get my training done, keep my food on point, get really good sleep. I've got the foundations. And now on top of that, I can go and enjoy my burger. I can go and enjoy my whiskey, my wine. It's guilt-free completely because I earned it. And I know that now I'm moving in the right direction. Thank you, Kareem, for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed the chat that we've had and you've passed on so much knowledge to our listeners. Awesome, Savan. Thanks so much. I really appreciate being here and looking forward to hearing from the other guests. I think you're doing a great thing. Thank you. This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952. And we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspencer.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna, and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's The Bottom Line.